Well, that's a Drive Guys moment we won't soon forget. Big perk. Uh, answering Kyle Draper's text. Let's be honest. Drapes hasn't had a great uh, <laughs> completion percentage <laughs> lately. But coming through, Kendrick Perkins today on ESPN saying Domas is an MVP candidate. Then coming on our air- airwaves. Thank you, um, Drapes, for lining him up and, and explaining why he feels that way. We got the Kings and the Nuggets tonight. And joining us now, uh, our next guest is... Uh, Lo- oh, he's not quite with us yet. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah, we'll get to Chris Marlowe any second here. But what do you think, Drapes, of what uh, Kendrick Perkins had to say? Your emotional leader doesn't have to be your best player. I know we've been talking about this today. So where are we with who the Kings' emotional leader is right now? Well, Whitey, before I answer that question, let me just say, you know, I, I've been doing radio here in SAC for a few months now. And, you know, I, I just want to say how proud I am because we're the only station and the only uh, show that, you know, when guys are out there making news, making headlines, you know what? Forget all the talk. Let's get them on the phone. Mm-hmm. Let's call them up mm-hmm. ourselves. And I was glad we were able to do that. And well done. So, Thank you. You know, you're, you, you can hear all these other, you know, sports personalities out there. You know what? We get the people that are making the news. And so that's how, you know, we want to try to operate going forward. Mm-hmm. And so I was glad we were able to get Big Perk. Yeah. You know, his message that your emotional leader doesn't have to be your best player that's a hundred. That's a hundred percent true. You know, I look at, you know, you could argue. Let's go down the street to San Francisco. Is Steph Curry your emotional leader? No. Exactly. It's Draymond. Yeah. And so it doesn't have to be the guy with the best skill. He brought up Patrick Beverly, and that's a guy I mentioned too. He brought like, up James Posey. <laughs> James Posey, exactly. Yeah. James Posey back on that 08 championship team. You know, guys who just have a, a compete level and a way about them that, you know what, you're going to respect what this person has to say. You know who else is like this to an extent? I think, and I would have loved to have this guy here in Sacramento, Grant Williams. Mm. Look what Grant Williams did in Dallas. It Luka wasn't having it, Kyrie – it was too much for them to handle. They couldn't handle it. Mm-hmm. Grant Williams goes to Charlotte. Guess what happens? They win three straight games. Yeah. His first three. And so Grant does a lot of talking. But one thing I know about Grant, he cares. You know what I mean? He's going to wear his emotions on the sleeve. He's not going to be flatlined. Like, he's going to be up. He's going to be down. He may burn you sometimes, yes, but he's going to help you as well. Like, that's what we need. I would have loved to get our hands on a Grant Williams. King's got the Nuggets tonight. Uh, joining us now, longtime voice of the Nuggets. And I'll tell you what, if there's ever um, a volleyball tournament involving NBA announcers, and I got my money on this guy and whoever else is on his team, uh, he won a gold medal uh, for the U.S. Volleyball 1984. Chris Marlowe with us. How are you today, Chris? I'm doing fine. Stuck in a traffic jam trying to get up for this uh, big game in the NBA. There's lots of people going. So uh, all's good. Well, we appreciate your time, especially when, uh, yeah, you're in the middle of something here. Why do you think the Kings have had the success they've had this year against the Nuggets, Chris? I I think it's twofold. I think, uh, number one, Kings are good and they present some problems uh, that the Nuggets have to deal with regular season. Uh, the Nuggets are not a deep team. And uh, when they're missing some pieces, uh, it, it, it's always an issue. Mm-hmm. So 
in the first game, there the Nuggets were missing Jamal Murray. Close game, good game, won by uh, won by the Kings. Next game, uh, the Nuggets were down a couple of, of starters, Porter yes. and KCP, and uh, it was a rout. And then the last game, I believe they're missing their starting backcourt again, mm-hmm. and it was a close game. And De'Aaron Fox kind of took over at the end, and without Contavious Caldwell Pope in the lineup, we had no one to stop him. We got nobody can guard that guy. So uh, I think circumstance has been part of it. Matchups have been a little bit part of it. I think the fact that that Demontis Sabonis plays well against Nikola Jokic, uh, in my opinion. Uh, one of the few centers in the league who's 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 able to go and has enough macho to go one on one with Jokic and take it take it to Jokic. I mean, he's had good numbers. He's not afraid to get physical. Uh, but we'll see tonight. Nuggets will be at full strength for the first time in this series, and I think it, it's really going to be a statement game uh, for the Nuggets uh, simply because. Uh, you don't want to go into the postseason against the team that you might play, having them beating you all four times. Hey, Chris, it's Kyle Draper here, man. Looking forward to seeing yeah. you tonight. I'm at the arena right now uh, getting ready for tonight's game. You know, when you look at, you know, the regular season for you guys, coming off a championship, are you noticing the same fight and hunger? How are they approaching the regular season, you think, this year compared to last year? Well, having the championship helps. There's not quite so much second-guessing about everything Michael Malone does. I mean, he's got the cachet now as a a championship coach. Uh, The team is not quite as deep as it was a year ago. So it's been kind of a a four- or five-month experiment on trying to bring the bench along. We've got a number of young guys that, that have played well in spots, They've shown flashes with Christian Brown and Peyton Watson and Julian Strother. Uh, but I, I don't think it's quite settled yet who's going to play in the postseason. And as you guys know, the postseason, uh, you know, it becomes more interesting. Your, 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 your bench plays less, your starters play more, and I think the Nuggets will be better. And, and just getting back to what's happened this season, when the Nuggets have a, a starter or two go out, with injuries, it really affects them because they don't have Bruce Brown. They don't have Jeff Green, Ish Smith, and those vets coming off the bench. They've got youngsters. And, and uh, you know, the record is about the same, but I think the regular season has been, uh, you know, it was a little bit better last year. However, I think the Nuggets have, have the potential, if they're healthy now, to finish with a flourish and, and still have an outside shot to catch uh, that number one seed. Chris Marlowe, nice enough to join us. He's the play-by-play uh, voice of the Nuggets. Yesterday, Coach Malone said that the Nuggets, so far this year, they've failed to stop the Kings offense at any of the three levels. He said we haven't stopped them in transition or the painted area or the three-point line. Chris, which uh, of those three areas would you think Denver's defense would be focused on the most tonight? Wow, it's it's just a whole potpourri of misery when we play <laughs> Sacramento. They make they make a, you know, I, I watch you know, I watch uh you know the the Miami game the other night, you know, Oof. you guys went when you play the Nuggets, I mean everybody everybody's shooting 40% and then I look and Malik Monk makes uh, you know, he's 0 for 4 from 3 yeah, and he's making yeah. 1 for 8. I go, "Oh, what's the story? He just he just kills the Nuggets." I I, I think you you certainly want to shut off the three-point shooting. 
you know, the Kings have specified three-point shooters that are really good. Uh, I think one thing that makes it, it, it tough to guard the Kings, and it was interesting when we were playing the Warriors the other night, the defense is really good. We just we just double Curry when he comes off screens with Jokic and, and the guard, and uh, and they 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 give the ball to Draymond Green at the free throw line, but he can't score from the free throw line. Right. You know, all he's in there is is is, is in there to pass the ball. Yeah. Uh, so it's different when you play the Kings because Sabonis can actually score from there. He can score. He can drive. He's turned into an excellent passer. Uh, so, and, and you've got some good wings that flash to the basket. So I think, you know, stopping one or two of those, uh, elements tonight would be key. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I, I think if, if the Nuggets can, can shut down the three point shooting, which they've been pretty good at most of the regular season, uh, they'll have a good chance to win tonight. Chris Marlowe, play-by-play announcer for the Denver Nuggets, joining us here on The Drive, guys. Sacktown Sports, 1140. You know, Chris, when we talk about this Sacramento Kings team and the journey and the path that they're on, we look a lot at the Denver Nuggets and what you guys were able to accomplish and how, you know, you slowly added some pieces, KCP, uh, getting Aaron Gordon. Uh, what was it like during that process? Were fans patient? Did Mike Mal- Michael Malone have a longer leash. Take me through that before you actually broke through and won the championship. Well, when Michael Malone uh, got to Denver, it was a mess. Uh, it was a 30-win team. And, uh, you know, he immediately turned things around. But it wasn't it wasn't like a crazy, crazy jump. I think we won 36 uh, the second year he was here. Uh, and then the next year was 46. And, and that was the season where they had game 82 at Minnesota. If they win, they're in the playoffs. If they lose, they're out. And we lost a heartbreaker up in Minnesota, had the ball, had a chance to win late, and, uh, and, and, and Jokic couldn't convert. And I think a lot of people thought at that point in time that they might bring in another coach uh, to try to get them over the hump, even though they, you know, they won 46 games. But the Cronkies, to their credit, they were they were very patient. And then the next season, things really took hold. Nikola Jokic became Superman. And, uh, you know, the acquisitions they had made. Uh, but it was a slow build, kind of like the Kings are doing. Although last year the Kings were third in the league. So uh, you never know how the build is, is going to take place. But, uh, you know, I like uh, – I kind of like what the Nuggets – uh, have done to get to where they were and, and then to eventually win the championship. And I think the Kings, you know, the Kings have those kinds of pieces. They're, they're good. They're deep, much deeper than the Denver Nuggets. And I think that's been another element why why uh, uh, the Kings have been able to uh, to beat the Nuggets three times this year. I mean, they're outscoring them uh, bench-wise 48 to 28. Uh, that's a big deal. So uh, it's building – uh, do the Kings need another piece or two probably uh, along the line if they could get another really good player. But, uh, you know, there's, there's such a fine line between, you know, the Kings and the, the Suns and the, the Mavericks and the Lakers and all these teams in the West, 10 deep. Uh, you know, there's a very fine line between winning and losing. You guys saw that last year when you got in the playoffs. 
and then you, you, you fall in seven. You know, it's, it's, it's that close from moving on. So I think the Kings are doing it the right way. Uh, I'm really impressed with what, they, what they've done, uh, particularly in the couple of years under Mike Brown. Yeah, Chris, if I could, to that point, and I know this is, at this point, who knows, but looking at the West, which has been so condensed the last two years, uh, you guys appear to be pretty safely ensconced in that top four. The Kings are in that five through ten group. Who knows? What's your best guess of how this Western Conference ends up shaking out? Well, I'm hoping, and Michael Malone has said the opposite. He said he wants to be – he wants to be healthy going into the playoffs. That's his number one concern. But last year when the Denver Nuggets ended up with the number one seed overall, I thought that was a huge advantage throughout the Western Conference. And then Miami upsets Boston and the Nuggets have it in the finals. That's just a big mental factor. You know, when teams uh, come to Sacramento and you're lighting the beam every night. You're lighting teams up. It's it's all good. The fans are going nutty. It's hard to win. Mm-hmm. Hard to win on the road, particularly in the playoffs. And the same in Denver. You know the Nuggets have the you know the best uh, the best home record in in the Western Conference, second best in the league. So I think if the Nuggets can somehow remain healthy and, and eke out that top seed and get that number one seed, that will go a long way. Uh, towards a repeat. Uh, as for the Kings, they're going to have to battle it out. Boy, they sure like to finish five or six uh, at, at the worst uh, because you don't want to get in a play-in situation. I mean, we just got so many good teams that are hovering, you know, seven, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Everybody's good, and uh, anybody can win. So we'll see how it plays out. It's going to be interesting. Chris, uh, as we get ready for tonight's game, uh, what's the key? Like, what are things you're looking at tonight uh, for your Nuggets to get over the hump tonight? KCP slowing down De'Aaron Fox. That has been, I think, uh, the biggest uh, uh, pain in the pain in the ass, if you can say that on (laughs) Sacramento radio, that uh, (laughs) that De'Aaron Fox has been able to do whatever he wants, and uh, Caldwell hasn't played in two of the games. He's by far our best defender. Uh, he's a guy, uh, if you saw any of the Warriors game uh, the other night, he was able to slow down Steph Curry and hold him to 6 of 16 and, and 1 of 10 from 3. He's a gnarly defender. When he's in there, everybody plays defense better. And I'm really looking forward to that matchup. Also looking forward to the, uh, to the uh, Jokic-Sabonis uh, matchup. You know, I think uh, a lot of the time Jokic just figures, you know, he can just, you know, outsmart and outmaneuver and outphysical anybody he plays against. And a lot of the time, you know, they're double teaming and triple teaming. But, you know, I feel like a lot of times Sabonis is straight up. Maybe there's some digging going on. But I, I want to see that matchup. And I think, I think for the Nuggets to win tonight, Jokic has to decisively win that matchup. You know, it's been – I think it's been even – in the first three games, maybe even a little favoring uh, Domas. But I think tonight, in front of the home crowd, uh, Jokic has got three sensational triple-doubles in a row. He's playing with enthusiasm and passion. He's shooting 68% in the last three games. And I think he'll be motivated tonight uh, to show Domas and the Kings uh, what, uh, what the MVP really looks like. Chris Marlowe, thank you so much for your time. We appreciate it. Enjoy the call. We hope to talk to you again soon. 
Hey, great to be on. Thanks. Mm-hmm. All right, Chris. Thanks, man. Yeah, he's right, Drapes, as you well know. Three games so far between the Joker and uh, the Kings. Uh, the first game, the Joker was like the Heath Ledger Joker. He was awesome. The second game, he was like the Jack Nicholson Joker. It was like he was okay. <laughs> and then the last time they played on Valentine's Day, he was like the Cesar Romero you know, yeah. Adam West version of the Joker. <laughs> he was just not very good. So he's got a little something to show tonight against uh, Sabonis. Yeah, uh, it's going to be a, a huge matchup. And what's interesting about this matchup, both guys come into this game with three straight triple doubles. Ooh. Think about that at the center matchup. Like, these guys are playing their best basketball of the season right now. And so it's going to be a heavyweight battle. I mean, you know, I, I think Yoke, Jokic will probably have the advantage when it comes to the points, but if we can limit his assists, keep him around his average, eight or nine, not 13, 14. He's had three straight games of 14 or more assists. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, he may be able to get his 26, 28, but I wouldn't let, let him get the 12, 13, 14 assists tonight. Yeah. By the way, uh, does this concern you at all as we look at the standings in the West and where things are um, – moving right now minnesota and oklahoma city tied then you got denver just two back clippers three back and the kings benefiting of course from the mavericks losing here's the thing as we discussed yesterday drapes you get to this time of year it's really useful to look at the losses who you know because that loss column you lose a game you don't you don't get it back and right now the pelicans have 24 losses they're fifth the suns have 24 losses the Kings with 24 losses, Dallas now with 25, but then yep. the Warriors have 27 and the Lakers have 28. I mean, there's still that chance yeah. that the Warriors and Lakers work their way back in uh, to the upper reaches of this play-in thing. Yeah, you got the Lakers for a game next week too. Yeah. So that, that's going to be key. But if you're Sacramento, and, and I looked at it, they have the most games remaining out of anybody. I think they're tied for the most games remaining. So – they can sort of control their own destiny. They got the Pelicans one more time, but you lost that season series. Yep. And so you need to finish ahead of them by one. So basically, you're about two games behind the Pelicans right now. I'm talking – so the fifth seed is still a possibility for the Kings. It's going to mm-hmm. be an uphill battle, no doubt. But, you know, I, I like where they're standing. You mentioned the Warriors and the Lakers at 27 losses and 28 losses, respectively. I'm not that worried about that because to me that means they got a three-game yeah, advantage. You. I got you uh-huh. in, in in that area. You know, I'm looking at the Pelicans. I'm looking at the Suns and 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 the Mavericks and saying, you know, we still control our own destiny against those guys. Like we still can finish ahead of those teams. Mm-hmm. It's just you know in the West you lose two yeah. in a row and you sink yeah. like Dallas. They were, they're now down to eighth because they've lost two games in a row. They've dropped from, what, fifth or whatever they were. Uh, yeah. and down, so, you know, yeah, two-game losing streak can be very costly right now. That's how important all these games are down the stretch. Yeah, and we got two against Dallas coming up. Yeah. I, I think, you know, uh, a split, eh, okay. But if you could go 2-0, and oh, uh, I think that would be massive. And, and you're right, man. And, and Mike Brown said it during today's shoot-around talking with the guys, like, you know, the time is now. Like, the playoffs are here now, you know, especially in the Western Conference because you're battling for position. You're battling for seed. Every game is so important. And Mike Brown said it. He said, guys, let's not give away any more games. And so it's a message that's being, you know, uh, perpetuated throughout the organization and throughout that locker room. It's like, no, we got to be at our best right now. 
Where do you sit in those? That's just amazing to me. That's really fascinating that, I mean, I know that you're privy to this stuff, but to think of you in the, in the film session, what's that like for you? Where, where do you sit? Do you ask questions? No, 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 I, I do not. And Mike doesn't turn to me, Drapes, you got anything? No, it's, no it's, I'm like in the corner. I'm like a, 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 a fly on the wall in there, you know. They line the players up. They all sit in their chairs. They got a nice little big screen. They watch the film and everything. And, and me and Katie usually stand in the back, you know, with some of the coaches That's and everything. Great. Keep our mouth shut. So we observe things, some of the keys for tonight's game. And, uh, you know, and I was able to watch the film from that Miami game with them and and it's like man we thought they played well you know it it wasn't a letdown and all this but then you see some of the little things that happen throughout the game where you're like man if we would have did this if we would have got that loose ball if we would have boxed out on that play like those things excuse me those things add up and so uh, I I feel privileged to be able to go back and look at some of the film clips that they pull like that Mm -hmm. since that um, loss to the heat we've been trying to figure out why are the Kings so inconsistent uh well we have some numbers here that explain why they're so up and down also the nba has denied a protest today that and more when we come back drive guys sack we take you up to game night this afternoon and what a show it's already been uh kyle draper in denver you know the big king's news today or some of the big king's news was the fact that kendrick perkins on uh, espn said that uh, domas is an mvp candidate and i mean his his uh Partners on the ESPN set, some of them mocked him, but then uh, Kyle Draper sent out the, the the Perkins signal and Kendrick joined <laughs> us. He was with us, and among other things, Kendrick explained to us that uh, he had a feeling uh, that Domas was going to be special from the first time he saw him when Domas was still with the OKC Thunder. You know what? I always knew. I'm going to tell you a quick story. So I just retired, and I went down to Oklahoma City. And I was watching Sabonis at shoot-around when he was a rookie. And Troy Weaver came up to me and said, this one right here, he's going to be special. Hmm. And I said, what you mean special? He said, like, no, like, he's going to be mentioned as one of the best bigs in the game. So I'm like, we, all right, I know, you know, y'all drafted him or whatever. <laughs> you know, that's the high praise. But here we are. Like, seriously, here we are. So, yeah, that was uh, Perk right. today on our show. So he goes on ESPN, comes on our show to talk about Domas. So, again, Kyle, thank you for, for lining him up. But it's interesting to talk to him because sometimes people on TV, you know, sometimes you say things, you got to say things. But he obviously is is saying something that he really believes here. Yeah, exactly. And then he, you know, went on Twitter and, and followed that up. And, yeah. and, I mean, you know, he has Jason Tatum as his MVP. And, you know, there's no denying that. But – You know, the fact that, first of all, Domas should be in the conversation. And second of all, you're watching ESPN and the way they scoffed at him. Right. It's like it's it's it it, it further shows me that we have not gained the respect. You know, Whitey, I'm in my fourth season with the Kings. And I feel like as a member of the organization and I see what the fan base deals with, I came into this game thinking, you know what? We don't have to beg for nobody. We don't need approval from ESPN or anybody. Like, we just go about our business. But now I see this is something we got to talk about. Mm -hmm. This is something we have to shed light on. Because not only is it ESPN, it's the darn coaches in the Western Conference that left this dude off the All-Star. You know, 
I when ESPN does it, I'm like, they got an agenda. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just trying to get clicks. They're kissing up to LeBron and AD and the Lakers. But when your own coaches in the Western Conference do it, that's what frustrates me. And so from here on out, when I see an opportunity to call somebody out for their king's disrespect, I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to say, oh, well, screw them. When Kevin O'Connor writes something that disses our boys, where John Hollinger disses our boys, like, I get it now, Kings fans. It's ridiculous, man. The fact that Domas isn't an all-star, but yet, as Big Perk said, he's a top-five big man in the NBA. Like, name me three other centers better than DeMontis Sabonis in the Western Conference. Can't do it. You can't do it. Like, and so the fact that he didn't make it all-star, it's uh, – and I, we didn't get a chance to ask Perk this, but I was going to – I wanted to ask him, does it have to be done in the postseason now? Have we reached a point where the only way to earn your respect out there is to do it in the playoffs? Yeah, that's true, I think, of not only Domas, but the team, too. Yeah. You know, yeah. and even then it's going to take a while, but, you know, we saw that before here with the Kings – you, you win. You got to at least win a series, and then maybe more, and then even that. You know, because these biases against small market Sacramento, um, they're they're pretty deeply ingrained. So it's going to take a while for people to realize what's happening, what's really happening, what reality is, as opposed to their perceptions of what's going on here basketball wise in Sacramento. But we're we're moving uh, in the right direction on that front. Yeah, I think so. I, I think you know, with the national TV games. Uh, with the wins, like this is a big game tonight. You sweep the Nuggets, you know, this this becomes a big game. Like this becomes a big win. It won't lead ESPN tonight. I guarantee you that because the Lakers and Clippers are playing tonight. That's going to be the lead on SportsCenter tonight. But if you beat the Nuggets tonight, and I hope the narrative tomorrow isn't what's wrong with the Nuggets. I hope that's not, you know, with the talk shows. But if you sweep the Nuggets, I think that's a statement. Uh, that that people have to pay attention to around the league. As far as the disrespect you're talking about, thank you to Chris the Mom here on the text line. Chris the Mom says, I was just looking at clutch points and read some saying after the Heats game that Sabonis is trying for a triple-double not to win. He's not taking open shots. He's looking for someone to pass to, etc. Serious hate on the Kings and Sabonis. That's Chris the Mom with another example of Kings and Sabonis disrespect Kyle Draper. Uh, that's just a, that's yes. a bad one. That's just dumb. That's just wrong. <laughs> I Thank you, Chris. Me, but I don't disrespect me. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. <laughs> but that's just bad. That's wrong. Wrong. Uh, totally wrong, right? I mean, it, it's it, it's it's more hate out there. And and I hope our guys use this as fuel, as, you know, fuel for their fire. Like, come on, especially a big game tonight, you know. And I do feel like, he might not admit it, I do feel like Domas feels slighted about the All-Star. And he's sort of, you know, elevated his game even since then. Um, and so uh, here's another chance for him to make a statement. You know, he's, you know, I don't want to say had his way with Jokic, but he's probably done as good of a job as anybody against the Joker this season, held his own against the Joker this season. And now is another opportunity to do it tonight. You know, we've been talking about officiating a lot this year, a lot more than we'd like to be. And today the NBA they um, they denied an appeal uh, from the Knicks. Remember, this is not yep. the Knicks 
Pistons thing from Monday. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. But the Knicks lost a game, I think it was to the Rockets, where Jalen Brunson was called for a foul, where even after the game, the officials said, yeah, he didn't really foul him. We, we, we screwed up there. So the yeah. Knicks, uh, they appealed, and the league today denied the appeal and said what they said was, well, for an appeal to be successful, you have to show that the rules were incorrectly apply, applied. Pardon, right, incorrectly right. applied. In this case, they're saying, it was just a bad call. So right. sorry, that's <laughs> you're out of luck, which is too bad, but here we are. It's too bad. I get it. It's too bad, but I wish there was something that could be done. Yeah, you know that that could fix that, and and I get it, because as you know, Whitey, like in close games, there are going to be bad calls. It's going to be calls that the officials get wrong. Like there needs to be some sort of automatic review trigger, an eye in the sky, a fourth official courtside or something that's looking at these controversial plays. Yeah, you know. It shouldn't have to be on the coaches to challenge something like that. In that case, that wasn't even a, a challengeable play because it was in the final couple mm-hmm. minutes. Mm-hmm. And so there, I get it. Officials are going to make mistakes. They're going to miss calls. But, man, if you're the Knicks, you got screwed on that one. Yeah, except then – well, you're right. But they got one back on Monday yeah. when yeah. there's a wild scramble at the end of the Pistons yep. game. And I think it was Thompson gets a steal, starts going up court with seconds to go. And Dante DiVincenzo, that's a tackle that is a penalty in the NFL. And it was not a foul, right? right. He went low. He's going for the ball. Right. Takes him out at the knees. That'd be 15 yards in the NFL. In the NBA, it's a play on. And the Knicks end up winning that game. Incredible. Monty Williams is still steaming about that one. Yeah, hopefully Monty doesn't get fined for that one, uh, you know, because he he was 100% right. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a tackle. You know, the official was right there. They swallowed the whistles. Did you hear also, though, that starting next year, well, this offseason, they're going to take a look at trying to level the playing field between offense and defense. Like right now, the rules yes. are geared way too much towards offensive players. And so the league is going to take a look at that. I will tell you, though, and this is something I learned earlier today, that since the All-Star break, Mm -hmm. fewer fouls are being called, Whitey, to the tune of three less per game. I'm not surprised. League-wide, and Mm -hmm. and this is for every team. Like, And so I don't know if a mandate has been sent out or what, but I do feel like the league is trying to somewhat level it and not give guys so many fouls and free throws and everything like that. I I think we could tell that. I didn't know the numbers, but they don't surprise me, and we've talked about that. It looks like the league has told the officials, and they're not going to do any of this publicly, like, we need more defense in the game, so you're going to have to let more go. And so what we're ending up with is guys with different interpretations, as you said a couple days ago, of what a foul is. So as fans, as players are going, the guy just hammered me. He says it's a foul, and you don't. Yeah, but I'm closer. So you end up with just confusion. Right. It's making a, a bad situation worse, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it's too much gray area. Yeah. That, that, you know, and confusion it, 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 and it inconsistency. Needs to be absolute. Like, all right, everybody knows what is a foul and what isn't a foul. It should not be a foul to one official might be different to another. I mean, you got three officials that some might call it tighter than others. I mean, right. like that to me, that that ruins the game and is not fair in this game. If the officials going forward continue to call fewer fouls, do you think that works in the Kings' favor or does it work against them or is it a, is it a, a toss-up? Uh, I, that's a great question because, well, I do know the message has been sent 
that, all right, if the officials are going to call fewer fouls, that gives us license yep. to be more aggressive. Yes. You know, no excuses. Uh-huh. So you would hope it would favor the Kings. But then I look at it conversely against teams that are physical with us. We want the foul calls, you know? Yeah. I want De'Aaron Fox to the line ten times, eight times. He didn't shoot a free throw the other night against Miami, which is crazy to think. And so, you know, it, it's funny. I'm listening to Syria XM NBA radio, and our boy Antonio Daniels, who's been on our show, friend of the show, said mm-hmm. it will probably not favor the smaller guards, mm. the Foxes, the Shea Gilgis, the Trey Youngs, because those guys, you know, if you're going to tell them, oh, they got to play through it, I mean, yeah. the slightest bit of contact can, can can throw them off their game. And so uh, it, I, I'm worried about, you know, now will De'Aaron not get the calls that he deserves? Speaking of inconsistency, some numbers that I think explain why the Kings have been so inconsistent when we return. Drive Guys, Sacktown Sports. Here's the kind of operation we're running here. Here's here's kind of a glimpse into our culture here uh, with the Drive Guys. Kendrick Perkins was on ESPN today, and believe it or not, he was singing the praises of DeMontis Sabonis. And he was uh, he was ridiculed by some of the members of his uh, own panel. Then he went on social media to double down. And then, you know, Kyle uh, sends up the perk signal, and Kendrick Perkins making national news today with his views on the Kings comes on our show. That's just the way we roll around here, right, Drapes? That's how we do it, Whitey. Yeah, yeah. We got yeah. the newsmakers, baby. Yeah. Uh, I like that. I yeah. like that. And so Big Perk pointed out uh, where he thinks Domas ranks among the NBA's elite larges. He's a top five big in the game. You could go Giannis. You could go Jokic. You can go Embiid. You can go Anthony Davis. With some, and some bonus. And the bonus has been actually kicking Anthony Davis' ass for a minute now. Mm-hmm. If you go and pull up the numbers and the records, but to me, it's this physicality. I already knew he could pass the ball, but the relentless, the relentless, relentless, relentless <laughs> of him on the glass is what yeah. gets me. Along, like he's not afraid. Like he's gonna put that shoulder into your chest. He's trying to tomato chest you. He's trying to go up strong and snatch the screws out the room. Like that type of tenacity, like that force, and he cares. Like he actually gives it that. So, to what extent drapes is Domas the king's emotional leader, or one of them? I think he is. It's a complicated on, question. It's yeah. not as simple as it should be. Right. It, it's it because his leading is a, a little different. Right. It's not. Um, how should I put this? He leads by example. He leads by example, leads with his effort, coming to work every day, playing through the injuries that he's playing. You're right, Jay. He, he's a leader by example. We've seen him be vocal at times, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I want him or somebody to be vocal towards the opponent, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, if, if Highsmith is getting layup after layup, next time Highsmith coming down the lane, He's getting whacked. Like, that's, you know, Domas is a nice guy, though. That's, you know, that's not his M.O., but he leads by example with his effort and energy, no doubt about that. Two things. One, Domas is, I think, the only guy I've seen on the Kings to, you can see him barking at teammates on multiple occasions in the last two years. And then, two, 
that Highsmith thing really got to you, didn't it? I mean, I understand. <laughs> you keep mentioning it, and I get it. I understand. It's like, wow, you were not happy with with the way he went off against the Kings. No, not at all, man, because <laughs> and he's a player. He's an NBA yeah, player. But yeah. it's like, how many times Highsmith had one of those Dwap Reith kind of games? Yes, yes. You know what I mean? It's like, who's this guy? You know, if if Jaime Jaquez beats you, okay. If Bam goes off for 40, okay. But you let Highsmith get 15 in the first half, I think it was, yeah. on you? Like, come on now. And so it's it's these no-name guys, no offense to them. They're NBA right. players, but guys that aren't at the top of the scouting report that have been beating you. I, I hate to say it, but I was thinking about that in regards to tonight's game, and there's a player on the Nuggets that I thought, yep, that's the guy that goes off tonight. I don't even want to mention it because I don't want to, you know, talk that into reality. Zeke Naji is the guy. <laughs> I'm just thinking, watch. Watch him throw in 15 tonight. But hopefully that. <laughs> hopefully yeah, hopefully he does it because they're at full strength to an extent. Yeah, you know? I know. They're, yeah. they're at full strength. If Zeke Naji gets 15 <laughs> when he averages 3.5 points per game, we're in some deep trouble. I know. I know. Uh, here, I think, is an explanation for why the Kings are so up and down. And bear in mind, I'm not trying to bury the Kings or criticize them. I'm just saying, you know, as fans, we go, what, what's going on? Why do, do they, they win and they lose? I think it has to do with their their defense. Drapes, if you disagree, please. Well, I don't have to tell you. I'm sure I'll hear, hear from you on it. But just a couple of defensive numbers here. And defensive metrics are really volatile because it's so hard to parse them out. Like, what's really going on? But I have a couple here. This is one, defensive win shares, which is... An estimate of the number of wins contributed by a player due to defense. Okay? Um, Minnesota has three. uh, They have the top three in this metric. Boston has five in the top 32. Here's where the Kings rank on this. Domas is 22nd in the league. This is defensive win shares. Jaron Fox, 67th. Keegan is 81st. Herter is 150th. Malik is 153rd. And Barnes is 198th. So, again, these things are not always, you know, etched in stone. Right. But those are some pretty grim numbers. Defensive box plus minus, which estimates the defensive points per 100 possessions a player contributed above a league average, blah, blah, blah. In that category, Minnesota has four in the top 20. Boston has five in the top 50. Here's where the Kings rank. Domas is 10th. Uh, Fox is 110th. Kevin Herter is 122nd. Keegan is 131st, Monk is 149th, and Harrison Barnes is 166th. So, you know. I don't know about those numbers, Whitey. You know I I was going. Because when you say De'Aaron Fox was 67th in the first one that you mentioned, and then 100th in the set, like, has he been that bad defensively, you think? No, but they reflect how bad the team has been, too. And that's the thing. It's hard to take right. a guy out of the team concept. Right. Because these right. guys are on the floor at the same time as other yeah, guys. It's, 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 yes. Yeah. It's, and yeah. there's a reason why Minnesota will have right. four guys because they're the best defensive team. Yeah. You know, like Cat is, is, is second a, on one of these things. And I, right. You know, and we know Cat ain't no right. lockdown defender. Right. We know right. that. But the point is, and I think we've said this before, the Kings really struggle to consistently guard people. And when you can't consistently guard people, you're going to have those games where what happened? Yeah. You're going to be up, you're going to be down. That's where they are right now. Yeah. I, I got my guy G-Man to the right. Okay. G-Man, I told the story about last time we were in this building. <laughs> I was like, G-Man, 
how'd you make it up those steps? You had to be huffing and puffing. I was winded. You're like, Drapes, I just used the elevator. So today <laughs> I used the elevator. I found the elevator. So thank you again. Like in the Mile High City and then having to climb those steps. Oh, my gosh. Your boy was out of it. <laughs> he said you're a quick study? He said, I always yeah. said you're a quick study. There yeah. you go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This is up here, though. This is uh, like this is like another mile. Like, we're in the Mile High City. Now I feel like I'm another mile above the Mile High City. That's how far up it is. Yeah, hey, I, I got an NBA trivia question for you or the G-Man. You know, right. last night, Max Struess made that long game winner. Yeah. Who? And this is not that long ago. It's not like way back when. Who made the longest shot in NBA history? Do you Magic know? Does G Man know? Huh? Magic, Magic had Johnson. one of them, but it's not the longest. Magic had G -Man, like. G Man, Whitey's asking a trivia question. Who's made the longest shot in NBA history? I thought it was Magic Johnson that he, I think it was against the Rockets, that was like 90 feet or 89 or something like that. 89 is the. Re Magic had like a 70 something footer. Somebody who, had. Who, an who was it, G Man? He can't. Way back. He says it was way back. Uh, it was, uh, uh, I think it was 2001. It was Baron Davis made Baron an Davis. 89 footer. So he's like 89 footer, five feet from the baseline, and he throws wow. it, and it goes in. Wow, B. Diddy. Yeah. I just saw Baron Davis Saturday at UCLA, as a matter of fact. Did you? Just uh, chopped it up with him. But, man, I thought you remember that magic shot, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. magic one. We all remember that. Yeah. yeah. So and that Baron was actually, a, I think magic's was like a game winner. This one was just Baron Davis threw it at the end of the third quarter right. or something. Okay. So, wow. Yeah. What's, so, and, and yeah. Struess was, yeah. you know, and, and that was tremendous last night. And a lot of people pulled up the Tyreek Evans. Uh, yeah. Steve as well. Uh-huh. Uh, so, no, that was great. That was great. Yeah. What's G-Man? Is G-Man feeling good tonight? Feeling positive tonight, G-Man, about this? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> if, uh, let's just uh, – here he is right here. We're going to throw him on the headset so you guys can hear the smooth tones of Gary Gerald. All right, G-Man, how you feeling What's about What's up, G-Man? Well, you always want to be positive, and there's yeah. always legitimate hope that you can do it. But to beat this team for a fourth straight time, and they're fully healthy now, yeah. and we kind of conveniently forgot that. When we were here a week or so <laughs> right, ago, right, right. Jamal Murray didn't play. Yeah. Contavious Caldwell Pope did yeah. not play. Uh, two starters, and, you know, that's huge. Yeah. So, you know, tonight I think you better lace him up real tight. Hey, Gary, go. can I? how proud are you of uh, Kyle for thinking to take the elevator this time? Well, when I was walking my way from the locker room and came out, and I thought I kind of looked up in this direction, and I thought, I bet Kyle remembered the elevator. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it, I only had to walk those steps once, and yeah. I was like, oh, never again. I oh, my you. gosh. Yeah. Uh, That'll it, do it. <laughs> it's not even at the top of the concourse, like the main level. You got to go up another <laughs> level. And so, yeah, the elevator uh, came in handy today, for sure. You're talking about that the, the long shots. Yeah. Uh, Baron Davis, that's 89 feet. And last night, I'm sure like many Kings fans, as soon as I saw Struess yeah. knock that one down from well behind the midcourt line, I'm immediately thinking about Tyreek Evans yeah. uh, in the game against uh, Memphis. Yes. Um, O.J. Mayo had just hit a shot to give the Grizzlies the lead with, I think, like 1.4 yeah. seconds to go. No timeout. Inbound pass. Tyreek gathers and lets it fly from just behind the midcourt line, and it was the same same euphoria. Yeah. You know. Do you remember the call from that game? Like, you remember? I remember it for a couple of reasons because Fat Lever was setting in with us doing color commentary, and Fat was so excited, all you heard was, Woo! 
<laughs> That's awesome. G man, when I was looking this up, I think I don't remember this, but Herb Williams is on the list for one he made against the Kings. Wait, like 1980 something? Do you remember that, that one by Indiana? Yes, yes. I vaguely remember it. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah, going way man. back. So, that was, yeah, that's way back. That's going way back. Yeah. yeah. Herb Williams, boy, he, there was a tough hombre right there. Right, uh-huh. right. Oh, I man. remember Herb. Yeah. 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 All right. You, uh, yeah. Yes. You, you got your, you checked all your joints after you played him to make sure that everything was still, <laughs> still functioning. in place. <laughs> MRI needed? Uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's good stuff. <laughs> G-Man, have a great call. We appreciate your time as always. Right. Thank you, guys. Yeah. All right, G-Man. Yeah. Thanks, man. Uh-huh. Right. Uh, we got uh, Kyle and the G-Man. Uh, in Denver when we come right back. Which joker are the Kings going to see tonight? Next, Drive Guys, Sacktown Sports.